Candy is a really big deal in my house. I've got three kids, so of course we've seen every version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that's ever been made. And I'll let you guys decide in the comments, you can fight it out if you want, which version is the best. But as for me and my house, the 1971 Gene Wilder version of Will Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka, all that stuff, that's, that's the one that is ruling in my house. And maybe that's why candy's such a big deal in my house. It's like a cause and effect relationship, I'm not sure. But at the end of this version, uh, Willy Wonka has just told Charlie and his grandpa to get out. They haven't won the competition. And poor, I mean the sweet little kid Charlie, his dream of winning the lifetime supply of chocolate, it's over. He's gotta go back to his old life but not, is all, not all is lost. There's this moment, and, and Charlie could have chosen to strike. He's got this secret piece of candy that he can give to Slugworth, the everlasting gobstopper. Stopper. Maybe he can give it to him and still get something out of his, uh, out of his chocolatey factory dream. Yeah, he would totally betray Willy Wonka, but, and, and Charlie was hurt. He, would be, he could justify it. He was just disqualified from the contest because of stupid fine print. And, and his grandpa was even telling him, wow, well, if the guy wants the gobstopper, we'll give it to him. And then the moment, Charlie walks back slowly to, to Willy Wonka's desk and gives him the gobstopper back. I mean, what a moment. Like, out of the mouths of babes, like this, this integrity of Charlie. And, and then Willy Wonka changes his tune and they get in the glass elevator and they're, they're floating all over England, it seems like, in that last line. But Charlie, don't forget what happened to the man who suddenly got everything he always wanted. What happened? He lived happily ever after. Okay, that's not real life. <laughs> I mean... That's <laughs> such a nice movie, but that doesn't happen in real life. And one of the reasons why it, it it's it's like such like the perfect Hollywood ending is because of course you're rooting for this kid who doesn't come from a wealthy family, he's had a hard life, and he's made the right choices. You want him to get some sort of payoff at the end, and he wanted this thing so badly. And we all want that happy ending for our own lives. What do you really want? What is, what is, what is your uh, version? Uh, maybe it's a grown-up version of, of a chocolate factory. Maybe it's winning the lottery. Maybe it's, or maybe it's just finally getting some peace in your life. That's what we've been talking about, the fight to get our peace back. Maybe you want a, a damaged relationship to get better. Maybe it's a material possession. Maybe you want a Tesla. Maybe you want, maybe you want a significant other. And you're tired of living life alone. Maybe you want your kids just to call you every once in a while. Hi, mom. How you doing? <laughs> I love you. Like today, let's talk about how to get everything you really want. Jesus has a lot to say about that. And it all connects to our discussion about fighting for your peace uh, and, and doing battle with the enemies of our soul, the devil, our flesh, and the world. And the world will tell you things about how to get your needs met. 
And let me make it very clear. We all have valid needs. We all have emotional needs. We have spiritual needs. We have physical needs. And God cares about every single one of those. And God knows what your needs are. But how we go about meeting those valuable, the valuable and valid needs, they get problematic. It gets problematic when you try to fulfill those needs using the methods of the culture around us. Scripture calls it the way the world works, the ways of the world, or the world. And the dominant ideas in our, in our 2022 culture are, are dominated by this guy called Sigmund Freud, who was really smart but had some crazy ideas, some good ideas and some not so good ideas. But one of his ideas that have been the legacy to our world is that, that if you have a neurosis, if you have a problem, if you have some dysfunction in your life, it's because you've suppressed some sort of, of, of need that you have and you just need to go pursue it no matter what it is. Kind of uh, could be summed up as if it feels good, do it. If it feels good, don't suppress it. Now, he would say if you stuff all of these urges it will develop into a problem. Like, what? Like, just go for it? You see these ideas around in our culture. Just do it. Get what you want, no matter the cost. And as we'll see, that line of thinking and journeying through living cannot ultimately satisfy you. There's a greater authority on inner peace. There's a greater authority on getting your needs met than Sigmund Freud. It's Jesus. So let's take a look about what he said about getting what you really want in life. Not just the surfacey things, but deep level, contentment, satisfaction, rest. So uh, we have our sermon notes on, on version. If, if you have another device, you can find that free Bible app and look up our events. We, we keep all of those notes online. Or if you have a Bible with you, uh, turn to Luke chapter 9, verse 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowd say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked, Who do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell anyone, and he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. So there's a lot of stuff in this conversation with Jesus and his disciples. And I think they get to what we really want deep down in our souls and what our souls are crying out for. But when we listen to the world, the world is giving us all kinds of mixed up messages about what we need. If we believe those lies, 
We miss out on following Jesus and we miss out on healing. We miss out on wholeness and we wind up contributing to the noise and dysfunction in our culture. The way through the rest of 2022, the way through your problems is following Jesus. The way through all the obstacles in your life is doing things God's way and not the world's way. But these three, three components of following Jesus, they're, they're really hard in this world. They're not complicated, they're just really hard. And talking about them just in, in sequence, to deny ourselves. Pastor Ryan did such a good job about, about talking about our flesh and our impulses. But we hear Jesus say, follow me and, and those who would be my disciples will deny themselves. But the whole time we have the world just whispering in our ear, oh, indulge yourself. Take the easy way out. Take a shortcut. Uh, there was a sitcom I used to watch and one of the running gags was treat yourself. Okay, I'll just treat myself a little bit. I'll be selfish. Jesus says, no, there's this aspect of, of putting your, your selfish desires, not your real needs, not your, your, your valid emotional, physical, and spiritual needs, but to say, you know what? I can't trust all of this flesh. I can't trust all of my thoughts. I have, there's an element of self-denial and submitting all of those things to Jesus and saying, I'm going to follow you no matter what. And help me, Jesus, please, with the parts that I'm having trouble giving over to you. Because like Jesus said, like, what benefit is it that you would gain the whole entire world and lose your soul? And following Jesus involves denying yourself. And he says to take up your cross daily. Take up your cross daily. I thought if I could just have, when I was a teenager, I thought if I could just have the right person pray for me, if I could read the right book, hear the right sermon, then all of a sudden something that was like out of alignment would just snap into place and I would be fine forever. But to take up your cross daily when the world says, no, <laughs> just put things on autopilot. Uh, take up your cross daily. The world says, no, don't take up your cross and serve others or give your life for others. No, fight for what you want. Fight for your way. Fight for your rights. No, like you got to go out and get it because everybody's after you. You're in charge is what the world says. But Jesus says, no, submit just, in, just like I did and take up your cross daily. And the world says, no, don't follow Jesus in difficult times. Don't follow Jesus uh, and, and, and maybe look like a fool. Like Jesus says, no, take up your cross daily and follow me. And sometimes when you take up your cross daily, you have to wait on an answer. You have to wait on a situation to change. And how many, how many messages do we get in the world that says, hey, patience is a good thing. You need to wait. You need to slow down. No. No, that's not what we want to do if we listen to the world's way of doing things. But Jesus says, take up your cross every single day. Jesus says, follow me. Imitate me. Take me at my word. Follow me radically. So what do we do with those things? In light of all of the world's messages, if it feels good, do it. Don't suppress an urge. Just go for it. How in the world do we do that in this, in this world? 
Well, I started way back in verse 18 on purpose because this conversation with Jesus and his disciples started in the context of prayer. While Jesus was praying, his disciples were with him and he he started uh, talking to them. He knew what he was supposed to do. He knew his identity and his missions. And the disciples in this, this moment of prayer, they were clear about how who Jesus was. Even though so many of their expectations of what the, the Savior of Israel would do, like so many of those expectations were turned upside down. He was saying so many of the right things and, and healing people, but he wasn't overthrowing Rome. He wasn't violent. He wasn't a political. He wasn't rich. But in this moment of connection to God, they got clear about Jesus's methods. They weren't worldly methods. And they got clear about Jesus's identity and mission. So what I want us to do this week is to take like three to five things. Take, take a couple minutes in a, in a, in a moment of prayer and, and you can even start this list now. I want you right now to think about three to five things that you really want. And then ask yourself some questions. I want this. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a situation that you want to change or something in the world to happen. And, and start interrogating those desires. Is this what I want deep down? Ask yourself that question. Uh, ask yourself, if I get these things or desired outcomes, will it benefit my soul long term? Ask yourself, am I trying to get these things or, or outcomes by grasping? Or am I trying to get these things by, by letting go and saying like, okay, God, here's, here's my desire. What's your posture? Is it this or is it this? And then as things pop up, Maybe you'll, you'll find some things that are worldly desires or you're going about getting these needs met in worldly ways. I challenge you to lay them down and follow Jesus. Lay those things down so you can pick up your cross. Lay those things down so you're not carrying things that you're not supposed to carry. Maybe you need to have a ceremony. Maybe you need to forgive somebody and like, Write their name on a paper and crumble it up or something or um, uh, you know, call a friend about it. Like, uh, but don't carry those things around. Like, pick up your cross and follow Jesus. That's the way that this life is supposed to work. So uh, life doesn't always have to end with Gene Wilder flying around with you in a glass elevator. But when Charlie puts that top secret down and lets go, there's something in that initial smile from Willy Wonka. He turns around and he smiles. And, and, and you can almost see him like Charlie was loyal. And Charlie didn't give up his soul to gain everything a little child would want from the world. I'm ask, asking you, what are you hanging on to? What, maybe it's a disappointment, maybe it's a resentment. I think God is whispering to us all right now, hanging on to those things and this posture, that's the way the world works. Maybe today is your day to let it go. And when you give that up, when you put that down, you're able to, to start the journey of picking up healing and wholeness 
and peace and contentment. And if that's you right now and you already, as we've been talking, like you feel like, oh, that's me. I, I want to, to give that to God again. I want to pray for you specifically right now. So uh, let's pray. Dear Jesus, God, will you please reorient our affections and the things that we've been going after? And will you please open our eyes to the things that we really need and our souls really need? And will you please be that for us? So God, we, we put down everything that's been weighing us down. We, we turn it over to you. We give it to you once again. And we ask right now in this moment, we would experience your forgiveness, your love, and your healing. And as only you can do, will you please set our eyes and our perspective on you and your kingdom and give us a hunger and a thirst for your righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this week. As a reminder, you can always reach us at sgbic.com. We love to know how you're doing and journey through life with you. So until we're together again, may God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine down upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen.